What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Rookies. Hope you guys are doing well in this quarantine time. Today's episode is with Pando, the owner of Level Up Sports, um, also the owner of our team and my good friend. We talk a little bit about uh, a lot of different things in this podcast. We go back through his industry history, not so much the playing history um, of him specifically, but we talk about you know Level Up starting the field, what he's doing now with the field, uh, how it is to have a pro team. Um, we talk a little bit of college paintball, tell some old stories. Overall, I had a pretty good time recording this one uh, with my friend Dave. So, hope you guys enjoy it, and please welcome Dave Pando. Dave, what's going on, man? Justin, hanging out with my buddy. How you doing? Good, man. Good. How's uh, things in Ohio? So, I'm assuming your field is closed, or our field is closed with uh, the pandemic. Yeah, we're closed. So, I mean, I've still been going a bunch, just, you know, uh, doing stuff that I can't normally do with only a five day turnaround time between weekends. So yeah, like we're cleaning our turf really good and uh, I'm changing the layout of some of our rec fields right now. So, you know, we're not, we're, we're we're closed, but I'm trying to make the best out of it. Yeah. I saw on the other day you were in Michigan, you're carting back a whole bunch of uh, hyper pipes. I did. We're going to have the best (laughs) hyperball field for many miles coming soon. I got so much good pipe. Um, and our field already had a lot. And so this was just sort of like the icing on top of the cake for our hyperball field. And we're about to redo the whole thing. It'll be the third version of it. Really pumped. That'll be coming hopefully summer, maybe even at the end of the month. I don't know. Nice. Yeah. And uh, you get a lot of your stuff, I know, from just random places around. Uh, like I know you got some boats from Kentucky and stuff. And I'm like a junk collector. It's, it's weird. I mean, especially that hyperball pipe is really hard to find and it's really expensive to buy new. So you just, you just wait to get lucky and it takes like maybe once a year you get lucky. Really? Didn't know that. Um, but we'll kind of get into some stuff about the field, but this is going to be a podcast on how to purchase a pro spot. And to do that, Perfect. we're going we're gonna to go back to when I first met Dave. Um, I want to say roughly 14 years ago. And I don't know, I didn't know who you were at the time, but I remember meeting you because we'd just beaten you guys in the TPA <laughs> oh, D4 wow. 5 match. That was the first event, first D4 event I ever won. Um, and I remember you came up to all of us. We were young. We were like 15, 16. We were still in high school. And you were like, you guys all need to come to OU. Come to OU. And that was the first interaction I think I ever had with you. So you're telling me I was recruiting college or high school athletes to play at OU paintball? Yes, wow. from TPI. It's pretty ballsy, but I mean, it didn't work, obviously, because you went to Akron. Went to Akron, yeah. Um, but OU was up there, uh, definitely a contender for schools. Uh, but yeah, I just ended up going to Akron, keeping it local with some of the TPA guys, and we, we made a pretty good run. So That's really funny. Yeah, uh, but let's kind of dive into, you've been, I mean, how long have you been playing paintball uh, or involved I mean, in paintball? playing for you know almost 20 years which is crazy um but you know uh yeah since i was 12 so i'm 32 20 years nice and uh i know that you've worked in the industry you've worked with die you worked for some paintball magazines kind of take me through um I, you got into that in college right yeah so i I don't even remember how, but I started writing for like action pursuit games and faceful magazine when it still existed in college. Um, just, I, I just like pitched myself to all those guys taking the college angle saying, Oh, let me, I'll write about all the college paintball. And they all said, yeah. And that was sort of my, I didn't know it at the time, but lucky break into getting into the industry because what I would do is I would always interview people that I wanted to work for, for the magazines. So I would, I would call every company and, you know, whatever. And that's sort of what kicked it off was I did an, I, I interviewed uh, Giovanni Digidio from SC Village and Hollywood Sports. Uh, everybody probably knows him as, or doesn't know, but that's Bear's dad. Um, so I, <laughs> yeah, so Bear's dad owns like, you know, everything California paintball. So I interviewed him and I, I said, Hey, by the way, I just graduated with a marketing degree. You know, you should hire me. And he said, well, if you've lived in California, I'd hire you. And so two weeks later I packed my bags, 
told my mom I was moving to California, found out uh, a cousin's couch that I could sleep on. And two weeks later, I drove to California and showed up at Hollywood Sports and said, hey, I moved to California. And he hired me. But I mean, not as like an actual job. He hired me to work in the pro shop and ref and, you know, like pay me minimum wage. But it was it was an in to the sport. And um, I mean, it's you know, from there uh, through Chris Rail, actually. So college paintball got me my job at Dye. Um, the guys at Dye who at the time was Skinny Kevin, Miko Hootenen, um, you know, Josh Turbin, like just a totally different crew than's there now, but they reached out to Chris Rail, who runs the college paint and NCPA, if you don't know. I'd be no Rail. So Rail or they asked Rail if they knew any kids that had marketing degrees because they wanted to hire a new marketing person. And so because of everything I did with OU, uh, Rail said, Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure this kid Dave Pando needs a job and you should hire him. And I think he just moved to California too. And so that's how I got the job at Dai was, you know, through all those connections. And then, uh, so I moved from LA where I was sleeping on my cousin's couch to San Diego. And then from there I worked for Sean Walker, which is Camp Pendleton paintball park. Cause I wanted to, you know, I kind of had decided I wanted to do a field, um, a couple of years before I did it. So I, I worked for Sean to sort of learn the ins and outs of that and help him out and then for some reason i just decided you know i'm gonna do it and i moved from i went from surfing every day in oceanside and um you know northern san diego to uh driving back home and moving to columbus to do a park yeah well i'm really glad you did that and i think a lot of the uh level up guys are glad you did that um so I remember when you were first building level, uh, I was still in Kentucky and I, I would come up and uh, you'd show me, you're like, this, this is where this is going to be. This is where this is going to be. And uh, it's crazy to see how it's all come from literally just a flat piece of uh, land in the middle of nowhere to this massive paintball park now in central Ohio. You wanted to work at Level Up so bad before we opened. You were yeah, like, I'll, I'll be your in. intern. Can I be a partner? Come on. Just oh, yeah, me man. Out. I was in there. Uh, yeah, that didn't that didn't work out, and it kind of worked out for me because I actually, you know, make make money now. So, yeah, of course, no, but you yeah. were. I mean, there. I always was like, oh, Justin will be my first full time employee when I can afford one, yeah. and I still don't have one. But yeah, they're expensive, and uh, you know, you gotta pay on insurances and shit, and four hundred one k, and it's just like you just probably don't have that too much at the paintball parks and the paintball. Uh, I know seeing, I guess maybe the big companies have that, but I don't know. Well, there's, you know, I mean, I, I actually, I did have one, uh, unfortunately didn't work out. It was, um, uh, yeah, I don't even think I'm allowed to talk about it, but it was, uh, it didn't work out. I had like a right hand man. Um, but I had to fire him and, uh, I mean, I, I probably would hire a full-time person at this point just cause my wife and I got so much going on these days, but, um, it's, you know, finding people is tough. And, you know, with the seasonality of, of paintball, that's the hardest part is, you know, you, when you're, when it's ramping up, you know, like right now until about fall is when I would need somebody, but then, you know, in the winter time, there's nothing to do. Yeah. Nobody's so. playing. You can't really get outside in Ohio in the winter. So, right. But, uh, yeah, you, I mean, you got married last year, right. Or two years ago. Now? Uh, got married two years ago. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah. But I just and, had the baby boy. So. Yeah, so you just had a kid. That's awesome. Uh, what's what's the kid's name? His name's Nico. Baby Nico. Yeah. Got the jersey for it and everything. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, glad, yeah, glad that's going well. I know you got the dog over there, too, living that um, suburb life, you know? Uh, and I live in the suburbs, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, white picket fence and all that. Uh, but that's, yeah, so Level Up opened. How long have you been open for, man? It feels like it just opened, but it's been open like four or five years now, or, uh, it'll be, it'll be four years this fall. So we opened at the end of 2016. Okay. And then we made the move over 2018 or 2019. 2018 is when you guys made the switch and then, yeah, for the, the 19 season. Yeah. So now, you know, it was your dream to, to kind of own a pro team and now you have one. So talk to me a little bit about that. 
Well, you know, first of all, it was never, it wasn't really my dream to own a pro team. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, it's, well, you really got one. <laughs> cool. We got one, but, um, you know, no, my dream was just to have, you know, a kick ass park that could produce one or just, you know, just have a great culture. And then, you know, all this stuff is sort of, I mean, it hasn't fallen in my lap because it's all a product of just doing good work and favors for good people. And that kind of goes back to my whole industry story. Every job that I got and, you know, good thing that's happened to me, um, you know, with the park and just with everything is just from being a good employee when I was at different jobs or, you know, when I was in college, just meeting as many people. So, you know, the lesson is just, you know, bust your ass for the right people and eventually it'll come back tenfold. And that's sort of my, always been my MO, but same with, you know, with, you know, you, you guys hit me up saying, Hey, we wanted to go pro. And, and you thought that at level up could help you do that two years ago. And I mean, that was a great call first yeah. you know, from lemon or from Josh, I, you know, um, but you know, you guys called me and then we made that deal work and same with the pro thing. I mean, you know, we, we were close to, to just winning our way in. Um, but now, you know, I, now we're in the pro division and, you know, it was, it was a product of doing the right favor or, and, and doing good work for the right person. Yeah. The reason that we got that phone call. Yeah. It's all about, uh, you know, who, you know, I guess. And a lot of people think we, we bought the pro spot, but really we, uh, I guess like we kind of didn't really merge with Katana cause none of their players stayed, but they had the opportunity to stay. They just chose to go other places. Cause you know, Dan, who was the owner of Katana from the CP days, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we, you know, CEP was a die team. And so I had worked with him, uh, through that. And, um, a little bit later too, you know, they ended up switching at one point. Um, and even, even after I stopped working for die, I still worked with them for a couple of years, just helping them out on the marketing side with things and the web and some website stuff. And so I was still in contact with Dan, you know, we were still negotiating with him for a while. Um, uh, so, you know, we never really stopped working together even after they stopped being a die team. Yeah. So did he call you for like the, not the spot, I guess, but he's just like told you they were folding or how did they, I guess that kind of work? Uh, yeah. So basically he said, you know, he, he, he basically told me that, you know, he, he, his guy, he got gutted, you know, they lost Zupa, they lost a lot of their good players. And so he yeah. was just sort of thrown in the towel. Um, but he didn't want to throw in the towel, you know, he wanted to, um, he wanted to, put the the opportunity in the hands of somebody that he thought would take good care of it. You know, he didn't want to just give it up and get nothing out of it because he, you know, he earned it. Katana won their way up and yeah. he didn't, you know, he just, it, it, I think to him, it felt like a little icky to just be like, well, ah, we're done. Here you go. You know, yeah. throw everything away. So that's why he called is because, you know, he, he thought that we would take good care of the opportunity. And I, I think we have. Yeah, I think we definitely are. Um, all of our guys I know are, you know, super stoked. You could hear Maddie on the webcast saying over and over, we're just, you know, smiling <laughs> ear to ear, heading out there every single point to play. Um, and we did pretty well. I mean, we beat Aftermath 10 to 8. Uh, we set a record there, highest scoring game, longest game. And then we immediately set a not as great record, uh, shortest game against <laughs> AC Diesel. But I mean, how many rookie teams come in and break two records right away? Well, don't get too cocky, Justin. <laughs> we didn't do that. I mean, we still got a long way to go, man. We, yeah, that was one event. But yeah, I think I think I would say the best part was just uh, we took a giant monkey, we took a gorilla off of our back. You know? Yeah, and we had one. We had targets on our head. You know, we had paintball troll on our ass. We had all kinds of stuff happening, and and we could have just had you know absolutely we could have bent over and taken it and just not oh, yeah. and just gotten destroyed and then would have been the laughing stock and you know but i think i knew that that wasn't going to happen you guys knew it wasn't going to happen and it just we just had to execute you know as much as we we did and thank yeah. god because it, it could have been it could have been the opposite it could have been really nasty and oh, yeah. i think uh instead you know i think we gained fans a lot of fans yeah. from that yeah. event 
Yeah, I think so too. Um, and who knows if there's going to be any more events with this like coronavirus. Obviously, NXL's already canceled. <laughs> Texas, they've canceled both European events. I guess they maybe rescheduled one. Um, Here's a and- fun fact. So, um, so there is a chance that there could never be an event for sure because I, I might be cursed. Um, once upon a time, so a- after I moved to Ohio, I also started working for the PSP. Okay. The same year. Um, back then, you know, Dave Youngblood, he owned the PSP. Um, and then Dave Youngblood is the owner of Die. And the, you know, when I moved, he, I, I, I said, hey, you know, I'd love to help you guys out in any way I can because obviously I needed money to, before I opened the park. I had no money coming in. And I was hustling, you know, websites and driving for Uber and all this crazy stuff up until I opened the park. And um, so Dave let me run a lot of the market or all the marketing for the PSP. And so I got this job and a press release went out and I was all pumped. And the first event that I worked for the PSP was Galveston. I don't even, was it 2011 or I don't remember what year. Well, no, this was the, it was the last event ever of the PSP. So I, I got this PSP job, went to Texas, absolute muddy, disgusting mess, the worst event ever. And then the after that event, the PSP, you know, was gone, and then the yeah. NSL took over. So, yeah, I mean, you, so anytime I get involved with the the professional league, um, one event happens, and then maybe it goes away forever. That would be rough. I don't think the NXL is going to go away forever, but uh, <laughs> it would be rough if it went away away for the rest of the year. Um, I remember that because you were you used to work out of that coffee shop on High Street, right? All the time, twenty four hour coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah, because you made that website for the PSP was sick. It was brand new. It just come out, and then the PSP folded. Because I remember um, on your like portfolio website, you know, your websites are on that you designed. That was one of your like uh, images. You're like, oh, I did this one. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> short lived. So um, you never know. It might be cursed. You know, it might yeah. have been you know one and done, and then it'll be the NPPL. Who knows? Yeah, I don't think that'll be the case. So even if um, we don't get any more this year, which I'm sure we'll get some in the later half of the year, uh, but next year will be fine. The people that run the league seem to have a lot of money. So, <laughs> yeah, based on talking to uh, Tom Cole at dinner, because right? Randy Bart, right? They Heat guys, the Impact guys, they're uh, they're not hurting on cash, right? But um, yeah, so. We played those first two matches, and then we go up against uh, your friend, Marcella, and Dynasty. And we actually did pretty well against them. We were tied, you know? That was a great match. Uh, that was my favorite match of the event by far, just because um, there, there was just one moment during the Dynasty match that I'll never forget. It's probably actually like one of the greatest moments of my entire paintball career, and it's very weird, but... Um, we were down. I, I, I'm pretty sure we went 0 and 2 the first two points, right? And third point, um, the front snake player Danny Schonauer on our team. Um, Danny's mom goes to every paintball event ever, and I mean, I, I mean, we're talking for like what a decade or something. I mean, yeah. Because I grew up, you know, Danny was an imperial kid, so was I, and even afterwards. Um, when I started working in the industry, Imperial was like winning events in the PSP and Danny's mom was always on the sidelines every time I, I called her mom forever. And so I'll never forget during the dynasty match, I'm standing in the pits, you know, going crazy, but you know, we're getting our butts kicked. I'm standing next to Danny's mom. Danny goes in the snake, gets into their snake and like has the game of his life. And he comes up, he roasts Marcelo I think he bunkered out for AG or he got like a two or a three pack. Um, and we won the point and it was like a huge momentum flipper and, and, and just a crazy intense moment from the sidelines because we're, you know, we're, we're watching Danny have a chance to mess up dynasty and he does it. And I'm like, I'm literally standing next to Danny's mom and I look over and she is just crying like, night bawling crying because she's so happy she knew how big of a moment that was for danny and how good that must have felt and so did i obviously and i felt it too i was just like you know i've I've been feeling it all event but that moment in particular was just this moment where like a mother watched her son you know win a point against 
the best team ever dynasty and all these idols like this. They're just like these, you know, to us up until that moment, you know, dynasty was just this, these giant God paintball players that you could never touch and never shoot or anything. And then uh, for Danny to go out and do it, I think it just, you know, it was like a, what a moment for, for Danny's mom. And that's, you know, that's kind of what this is all about for, for me is just, you know, giving an awesome group of guys, you and everybody else, this cool, this cool opportunity to be on the highest stage, to be at the top. And, you know, the, the pro division is sort of like a, it's, it's a little like a good old boys club, (laughs) you know? Um, So yeah, when you get in it, you know, depending on how people are going to hate on you, but if you go out there and you, you beat people up, then yeah, of course you deserve to be there. And, and up until you get there, you know, you just kind of, you either think you do or you, or you're afraid. And and I know that you guys aren't afraid. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, our only strategy really is to um, attack as much as we can, because that's really all we got in the, uh, in the bag right now. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of surreal. It's funny. Uh, I actually talked to Thomas Taylor, who when, when I was 14, I got an autograph from Thomas. Uh, I was like, maybe I was younger than that. I, it was like 2008 like PSP Chicago, I think. So we're in 2020. So 12, 12 years ago, roughly give or take a year. Yeah. Um, I, he was my favorite player. Cause watching him on the 2005 smart parts world cup. Do you remember that when they played that on ESPN? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And he had the Mohawk and excessive was in it. And that's what really got me into speedball. Cause I was just playing back then with, uh, I don't know if you remember Alex Belletti, if you ever met him, but him and a couple other guys from my high school, we just played local three mans. And then that came on TV and I'm like, oh, you can take this to a whole nother level. And that's where I met uh, at those three mans. I met Paul Brennan, who, you know, plays, you know, for the D3 team or D4 team out of level up. And, uh, you know, I was my roommate through college. Um, I met him playing those events as well. And I remember watching Thomas Taylor and that 05 smart parts world cup on uh tv and i was like man this is this is incredible so uh, i was standing next to him outside the pro pits and i was like thomas i got a fanboy on you here for a second when i was a little kid i got your autograph and now today i get to play against you head to head and snake and uh the very first point sure as shit i bunker harrison fry and then i'm in their snake two thomas taylor's in the snake one and I'm like, oh shit, this is cool. So I pop the top on and miss him, but then I post and he, he runs me down and I trade with him. I'm like, dude, I just shot Thomas Taylor, this guy that I have looked up to since I was like a small, you know, I was a kid. I was a kid in high school, just learning to play paintball. So I don't know. I just thought that was a pretty cool moment for me walking off the field. Like, damn, dude, this is like, it's surreal, dude. You know, it's a surreal feeling to be on the pro field. Um, with all, with a lot of the legends, you know, that have been in the game a long time. Yeah. And now you're seeing pictures of yourself, like bunkering, like, didn't you get a shout out or it was, um, that, that picture that stretch posted. Yeah. That was me bunkering Harrison. Bunkering Harrison. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, just what, you know, I, I'm sure it's for all you guys, just like such a cool dream come true, but you know, how, how does it feel? You know, when you go out there and you say you first point against infamous, you shoot, troll and then and then what do you do you have a moment in your head where you're like yeah that's just another guy with a gun and i'm and i'm a younger faster one or how does it how does <laughs> make you, do you feel you um, know, not not cocky but just i guess yeah, more confidence definitely more confident it made me feel like we could we can definitely hang because i mean we'd already we we're kind of hanging around like we hung with dynasty for a minute but we ended up getting getting beat but it just makes you feel like all right these are the best players and if i could shoot them just the same they can shoot me then you know, we're going to be okay up here. You know, we obviously they're more experienced and they're going to have, uh, there's going to be a big learning curve for us. We're pretty aware of that, but um, it definitely is a huge confidence boost. I would say when you, when you kill people that you're like, not kill, but you know, shoot people that you're like, damn, that I got that guy's autograph when I was a kid and now I shot him off the field, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, so that, that was a pretty cool feeling. We ended up going toe to toe with Infamous. I personally think we got cheated. I don't know. I didn't watch the overtime point, but I think you might be able to see me screaming at Maddie and Rich walking off the field uh, to look at the replay because Sewers run through. Looks like he gets shot into our tower and keeps going, but that's another time, you know. Yeah, but she lost a thirty-second point. We were we were going to win the match. I mean that that was the most good. I, 
you know, and it was crazy. I'm so glad Robbie is around. First of all, oh, I mean, he, it just, he's incredible. It's like, so it's so nice, but, um, I, I was so mad at you guys. <laughs> we the, the match was against infamous. We were up like four to three and there was 40 seconds left. Yeah. And I thought we won the match. I thought yeah, it was over. Me too. And me too, I was like, there's no way that we are going to lose. You know, I'm just like, no penalties, no penalties. But I, in my head, we won the match yeah. and we went two and two and like, because I, I have a marketing brain. So I'm thinking, oh my God, we have the best story to tell right now. This is going to be incredible. Like I'm already like in my head thinking about captions and, and I'm, I'm so pumped to start posting the two and two thing. And then we lose that, you know, 30 seconds they run through and they beat, I, I mean, I don't remember if it was, I don't think it was dramatic. I think they just straight up beat us in 30 seconds. And then, you know, when we lost in overtime, it was just, I felt like it got, stolen from us yeah and, that was a uh, really deflating loss it was you know and i'm sure and you know i mean with if there's no coronavirus i i think that that, that loss would have really um fueled you guys i mean i'm sure it still did so I, I i think in the long run it was a good thing that we lost but at the time i wanted to like scream at you guys and oh, like, don't you ever forget this we are never losing yeah. like that again i was so mad and, and you know luckily robbie was there to calmly explain you know and really and give you guys the praise that of course you deserve but um man yeah i mean we were up we were up again and i don't even know what two and two would have done to us but who knows it just would have been a yeah. cool showing yeah it would have definitely been i still i think we did somebody did a math and we would have not made the cut by a one point like point spread wise or something but um it would have still been cool that was a really tough loss because even though we weren't supposed to win the game we should have won the game you know so it was yeah it's dejecting uh yeah that one hurt that one hurt that's all you can say about it but anyway it's still uh, a lot of fun and hopefully we get to play more paintball i mean i'm pretty sure every field in the country I mean, at least in all the major places that I know about is closed. I don't know anyone that's playing. Even the Russian Legion, who has their own private facility, is not playing. So, you know, it's great. I mean, you know, and the answer is you wouldn't believe. I mean, the very relevant right now, but there are fields that are still open. Um, and it's kind of making it. I, I actually I, I never do this, but I got into like a political fight with this other field owner today. Really? Yesterday. I mean, yeah, uh, me, Mike from TPA. Uh, you teamed up on him? Yeah, this guy's being an idiot, and he's like, he, yeah, I don't know. I think that this whole situation is just very bizarre, and nobody knows how to handle it. I don't know how to handle it, and I'm taking, you know, but luckily Megan and I, one of Megan's best friends is like a, uh, a trauma nurse or a trauma surgeon. She's like a total badass in the healthcare, right, you know, absolutely dealing with all this stuff, and she sort of laid it on me just how, you know, everyone should really be staying inside. And, you know, I'm, I'm a small business owner, so I have a, a lot, a different perspective than a lot of people do on this. Um, but after talking to her, you know, really it's just, if we wanted to get better, the, the, what we have to do is just, you know, just not get sick. And this is the only way to do it. And it's just, it's absolutely crazy. And we'll never forget this. But uh, it's the only way. And so when I see these like ignorant people, you know, oh, well, you know, golf's open so I can be open and I don't even care. You can try to shut me down. And I'm like, dude, you're not helping. So just yeah, either, you like, worse. either help or don't or, or it's, it's either help or like go to sleep knowing that you're either going to get somebody sick because of it or that you're going to make it this last longer because the longer that everybody's sick. It, it delays the time where we can just open legit yeah. and that's what we all want. So I don't know. I just saw this guy put this really ignorant thing online saying, Oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be open. And I just, I couldn't help myself. And I told him that, that he was a moron. Hey man, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, I actually, I saw Mike post a, something about that today. I didn't read too much about it, but um, that's, I mean, that's good to hear that you and Mike are kind of, on the same page with that and that most of the Ohio field owners are on the same page uh, with everyone closing down and everyone doing the right thing for the uh, community and for, for the world right now. Um, but didn't you just open up, I guess on a happier 
No, you just opened up another business in downtown Columbus uh, with your wife, or is your wife opening it and you're just helping? Uh, no, I mean, definitely a team effort. I mean, we opened it just to close it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's horrible timing, dude, yeah, especially because it's like a, it's a restaurant, not a restaurant, but like a paint and drink kind of thing. Well, so so my wife owns a paint and sip company. She, she does like the normal painting, you know, uh, like you see them everywhere where you just bring your own wine and drink. Yeah. This new place we opened, though, is a lot different because um, – there's no instructor. So normally you go to a paint and sip and somebody teaches you how to paint a painting at the front of the class. And it's kind of like an informal class. This one is DIY projects. So there's no painting, but there's like, you can make awesome stuff with concrete or make your own dog leash or dog collar. or um, uh, You could do like uh, make stuff out of wood, like a, like a lazy Susan or a six pack holder out of wood. There's like, you know, like 30 different awesome DIY projects. My wife's like the craft queen. And this place is called Maker Social. And what you do is you show up and you get, we give you, you pick a project from a menu, like you would order food at a restaurant. And we give you instructions that are already printed out with pictures. And you just sit at the, you know, and then it's a full bar. So you don't bring your own. We, we make awesome cocktails. Uh, we have a ton of good bourbon too. And it's in a really good spot of town as far as Columbus goes. Um, it's in like a new hip area and it's, so it's, it's different. There's, there's nothing like it in Ohio at all. It's, um, I've never heard of anything like that anywhere. I, I honestly, to be truthful, I did not understand what she owned. I thought it was just that thing where you painted and brought your own wine or like yeah. something like that. So that's cool to hear you kind of explain it. Cause I think a lot of people that are going to listen to this are going to be in that Columbus area. So when it opens back up, yeah, so check it out, maker social, um, our tagline is hammers, nails, and cocktails. And it's in uh, Franklinton, which is just south of downtown Columbus. That is coming up. I was there last time I was in Columbus. The place that's where the new like Brewdog is and stuff. Yeah, it's right. You could you could walk from Brewdog to Makers in five seconds. It's it's right next door. Um, and yeah, that area is. I mean, and it's just getting started too. And that's it's perfect timing, except for you know the damn coronavirus. But um, you know, we'll, we'll be all right. I mean, you know, it's it's either every company in the entire country is going to collapse or, or we'll all be fine. And so we, we have to be optimistic as as business owners. But I think, um, you know, I think when, when people get out of this, they're going to be so excited to do, whether it's play paintball or just go out. I mean, it's going to be hopefully over right in summertime. So I think hopefully it'll end up helping us all out because we're sort of building up anticipation for, for fun activities right now. And, and so yeah. anybody that's got an activity is going to kill it once the virus is over with. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I'm, uh, I'm really excited because now I've seen you making a lot of improvements on the, uh, you know, Instagram and stuff. You're doing the turf clean. Um, I don't know. Are your new bunkers going to come in? I know you've ordered those, but I don't know if with all this stuff, they're going to make it in time or. Uh, well, I mean, that's kind of up to sup air, but we definitely place the order. In time, but. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, yeah, <laughs> honestly, because I I, th- I don't even know where sup air bunkers are made. I know the company's out of France, but I don't know if they're made in. I think they're made in like, not Malaysia, like the Mor- Morocco or something crazy. But um, uh, the bunkers are ordered. Um, last year I didn't order new bunkers because, uh, and I'm glad I did because I, I, I wasn't confident that, um. What's the other bunker company called? It's uh, Air Ups. Air Ups. I, I wasn't confident that Air Ups or, was going to be it? like. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Because um, remember, last year they switched Air Ups, and I and yeah. I just I, I and I didn't think that it was going to last, and I didn't want to buy an Air Ups field if it wasn't going to be the field of the future, you know. So I'm glad I didn't, but um, I do apologize. You know, our bunkers are are, are definitely ready for. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're uncleanable at this point. It's just, they got that, that two year cake on them. Yeah. Um, but Dude, the but new I ones are going like to be sick. Yeah. The new ones are going to be sick, but I was watching a video in the level of X ball page today. I don't know. I apologize. I have no idea who's making these videos. I know wild. I think it's Chris Bauman. Chris. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't actually know if I know him, so I apologize, but I was watching this video and looking at the bunkers, it kind of brought back some like nostalgia. Cause like going back to, a long time ago when I first started playing paintball, we played at Bill's backyard up like in mm-hmm. Northern Ohio. And actually Danny was playing there. That's where I met him for the first time. And the field was literally, there was one net and it only blocked coming from the back line to where the staging was. That was the only net 
other than that, it was like a farmer field to the left, trees on the back line, the other direction, and trees on the right side. Did you? I don't know if you ever played there or not. I actually never did. Yeah, but. and uh, it was literally just some dude's like house, and he let Bill like have this field there, and we got paint out of the trunk of Bill's Subaru for like thirty bucks or twenty bucks a case or thirty five somewhere in that range. I can't remember, but and it was um, it was just what whatever Bill could get, I guess, and we played there for like two years i think that's when we started playing the tpa events uh got the five-man team together and then tpa was i think paintball was kind of on a downswing when i started in 08 um because like the recession and all that but i was just a kid so i wasn't really super aware that paintball was massive um leading up to that and kind of just snowballed from there uh you know then i met you obviously then you went to ou because you're already in college or yeah, I met you while you were in college. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, we, we don't even like, uh, I think we, I, I, I don't want to say we, we definitely didn't take it for granted, but um, one thing that I'm realizing now is that when uh, out the times that we were playing college paintball and honestly, probably like for the, the three or four years before you went to college also college paintball is not as cool as it was when we were playing. Like yeah. there's barely any events. I mean, when, when I was, you know, this, so this was 2006, seven, eight, nine, ten. I took a victory lap. I graduated in 11. I'm nice. yeah, fifth year for life. But, um, I mean, there was, you, there was class a X, you know, we had regional X ball events, which we would play at like Brophy's backyard field, you know, against Penn state. That's when I was playing against, you know, um, Doyak and those guys. Um, but we had conferences for X ball. There was tons of five man tournaments. And I mean, we used to go and the drives would be so fun. And we, I mean, OU was good. We'd always like get top three and we'd always bring home a trophy. And then every time we'd come home and throw a huge party and like, you know, we were kind of known on campus because we would always throw these giant parties for like a second place out of eight team five man yeah, right. or something. We, I remember there was we, an OU paintball house. I remember that. Yeah, totally. We always had an OU paintball house and it was, you know, it was mine for a little bit. And then before I came in and, and I just, you know, I, I didn't even start the, the traditions. It was, you know, they were, I just sort of took over when it was my time, but um, you know, for years prior to me being there, it was the same thing. You would go out, you play as many tournaments as you could, no matter what. And if you won, you would throw a huge party and just invite out. And then when people would show up, we would all be drinking and out of trophies. And so like around campus, there was a time where people would be like, Oh yeah, I heard the paintball team's good. Just cause like they sloppily walked into one of our house parties, you know, but, um, uh, but now that, you know, even just, you talk to the OU kids now, I mean, the Akron kids are, they're super fun, but you can just tell that they're, because there aren't as many events to play. Um, that I just, I don't, I don't think that it is the same as it used to be. I mean, it used to yeah. be like once a month we would do a, go on a crazy paintball adventure and throw an awesome party. And I just don't know if that exists so much anymore. It's, it's I don't think it's anyone's fault. I think there's just not enough solid college teams, you know, going on at the same time. And there, for some reason there used to be a lot 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Maybe it's the format. Cause that X ball format, was crazy when we played that we made a run we got fifth place out of i don't know how many but um a national it's we were shooting the dice cg the one year that was around oh, but, yeah. but, but i will i can 100 say this with confidence and anyone on that akron line will back me up on this that was by far the best paint i've ever shot in my entire life in 14 totally. years i have never any longer i'm losing my timelines I've never shot a better paintball than that dice CG at that event. It was incredible. Yeah, it was um, good because it was so – the reason it was so unique, I mean, it was super round, but it was big. It was like 6.88 or 8.9. Yeah. It was like a heavy ball, but so it just – it was heavy and brittle at the same time. Yeah, it shot straight. So good. Every ball broke. We never bounced anybody. It was, it was amazing. You drop it from like your shin breaking. Yeah, um, and it was black I, too. Yeah, hard to see. Yeah, that was uh, that was something else. I don't know if you were a part of this. Speaking of college paintball, to my to my house, you know, I was looking for colleges when I was a kid. I remember this too. In um, an Ohio University like mailer, like, oh hey, come to OU. On one of the pages was a paintball team. It was like a full picture. I can't remember who it was, but uh, 
it was like, oh, we have this really good paintball team in this mailer going to every single kid in Ohio, probably that could consider OU about the school. And I was like, that's pretty freaking sweet. Well, that was, you know, so I, uh, I, I mean, obviously like I have like entrepreneurial genes. My, my dad was an entrepreneur. Uh, my grandfather was. So when I was in college and we would, we would, when we would win, I would like send out press releases. To nice. people. I was so crazy with, with every, but I mean, and, but people would talk about it. I mean, that's the yeah. thing is if you just, if you just tell people what's going on, all the, you know, the, the journalists are all kids and people just, they want things to talk about. And if it's unique and there's a cool picture. So yeah, we used to be in the newspaper all the time. We used to always get, you know, like, I'm not surprised that they put us in the mailer. Some schools really do push club sports because, you know, um, you know, like, like Ohio state, obviously like, Oh, Ohio state's the best at football and, you know, and basketball and wrestling and all these sports. But unless you're a top tier athlete, that doesn't apply to you. You know, like if you, unless you're like the best a five-star recruit football player, you're not going to be on Ohio state's football team. So club sports are big for recruiting full paying customers, basically where, you know, um, uh, you know, I didn't go to OU because of the paintball team, uh, or anything like that, but, um, I, when I went there, you know, if, if I didn't, if I needed a hobby, here's a good example. Um, so Nick Kakuza, right? Everybody knows Kakuza. Yep. And, uh, or we call him Brooklyn and, uh, Brooklyn Kakuza had never played paintball ever in his life. And then for whatever reason he went to OU, I don't know why. <laughs> um, but he just showed up to one of our practices once in like a wife beater and a gold chain and was like, yo guys, Hey, uh, you know, what's this? <laughs> and, and, and he never left. And now he's, yeah. you know, now he's full in the industry. But, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, or like Liberty, they give tons of money to their club sports. That's yeah. like a niche of their colleges. If you, if you're into, if you're into sports or, or club activities, but you're not a professional athlete, you know, Liberty is going to give you money to to have fun basically or you know yeah. whatever so yeah their paintball team rolls down the giant ass bus i know man We're so jealous every uh, always they've always they they blew up a mountain to build their yeah. own field on campus yeah the park was dope crazy but uh yeah man college paintball was wild uh i remember watching brooklyn's videos when i was a kid too just thinking man this guy's gotta be so cool and then you meet him in person and you're like who the hell is this guy (laughs) i know but man he's i mean going from what he used to record with and i mean he used to make like video game videos i think like i don't know but i mean he's he's damn talented now i mean he's 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 getting really good at graphics and you know um it's crazy from from our class at, at ou um like the, my teammates when I was playing college paintball. So myself, obviously I've been in the industry forever. Uh, one of my teammates, Arthur Doljanski, he works for, um, for Go sports. Go sports now. He's like big up in yeah. films. He, he moved to um, Texas or Florida. Florida. I can't remember. If, yeah. To yeah. be with them. Actually, uh, I was hanging out with him at the BKI combine because they do that in Boston. So I see him when he comes up here for that. Yeah, so he's like total industry, and then Kakuza yeah. too, total industry. I mean, crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of OU kids that are you know two filmers, and then you, and then if you think about it, it's like you own the park and the team, and then me, Layman, Addison, Ryan, Doeyak, Greg, um, all played college paintball. That's six of us. Am I missing anybody? I hope not. Uh, but that's a lot of college paintball players that have now come all the way up to pro which is like normally in a in a normal sport i'm doing air quotes you guys can't see it but uh in a normal sport you go from college to pro or you don't and that's it but paintball is not like that there's no traditional path from like college to pro or like high school paintball college paintball pro paintball it's like the divisionals so i think it's kind of cool that most of our team has known each other for i mean my basically my entire paintball playing career and we all played together through college or against each other um yeah it's just a i think it's a pretty cool addition to the storyline of our team 100 percent. i mean i i always tell maddie because i mean maddie commentated 
college paintball forever for us. And so he, I mean, he remembers Addison, you know, one handed over the top all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Like all that stuff. So, I mean, it's definitely a cool story for Maddie too. And I mean, it's, uh, you know, so anybody listening, if you're in college and you, your school does not have a paintball team, it's very easy to start a club sport, collegiate paintball. Uh, there's just like, there's tons of info online. Um, at probably ncpapaintball.com to figure out how to do that. It's very easy. So if there isn't a paintball club at your school, start one for sure. And if there is one at your school and you guys aren't doing anything, go do stuff because you're completely missing out. College paintball was the most fun I ever had in my life. And, um, I mean, even just being able to like go into a college as a freshman and a paintball player and know that I can go to the paintball house and like have a party to go to on the weekend. When you're a freshman, that's like the most valuable thing in the world to you. And that's what we had because of paintball. So, you know, do your part and, uh, and, and make sure everybody's having fun and, and playing as many paintball tournaments as you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. You got anything else or, uh, I mean, nah, I can't think of it. Stay safe. You know, um, we're, uh, we're, we're definitely, uh, gonna make sure that level up. I mean, as long as the weather is nice to us and we don't get rained out for the next month, um, I've never had a month of, you know, no responsibility ever in my life. So, uh, I'm, I'm hope just, just know that I'm not here wasting away. I'm going to make a level up as good as I can in the next month so that you guys have something fun to come back to. Uh, whether you're X-Ball player or just want to do something in the woods, we got a, I got a long to-do list. I just need some sunshine. Yeah, is the weather junk there? It's been junk here in Boston. It's like literally sunny one day a week and the rest is trash. Yeah, you're in Boston. No, it's actually, yeah, I mean, we've had a good stretch. I mean, I was in the skid steer all day yesterday. I'm sunburnt right now. Nice. Um, we our fields. So, uh, but, you know, we'll see. It's Ohio, so it'll probably snow tomorrow. Yeah, if you guys don't know Dave, I can personally attest he does not stop working. He's a, a maniac, so the field, as long as he's given the weather, will be incredible. So, uh, Do you have any big games? I mean, this is obviously all Corona pending, but any big games planned for the end of the year? Like, I know the MSXL is planned there. Um, yeah, so talk me MS- through the hypotheticals. <laughs> Hypothetically. <laughs> Hypothetical, do you have any events coming up? Well, I hate doing this too, because I always, I mean, every year I, I have a lot of ideas and then stuff comes up, but um, for sure, MSXL is July, I think it's the second week of July, um, uh, which will be, you know, it sucks because last year for once we had perfect weather, you know, the whole property was dry and I thought it was one of the best, you know, I mean, it was a very, very good MSXL tournament as far as the venue went, you know, air was good and scoreboards were good, but there was like a, all this ref drama. And so all of your members was the ref yeah. drama. But, I'm gonna, uh, so I'm just going to comment on ref drama real quick. So I have been playing a long ass time. I've refed a bunch of events when I, you know, as a semi-pro guy, I refed all the MSXLs. People don't understand how hard it is to get refs to these events. And they're like, they want to throw a huge fit about it. And it's like, well, dude, no, nobody wants to ref these events. It's hard to find these people. Um, even talking to Tom Cole, like, it's, I mean, I guess he has more of a returning staff, it sounds like, but people complain about the refing, but you're not out there refing. It is difficult to do, dude. Like, that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> no, well, you're right. It's difficult. And I mean, that that's one of the biggest deterrents for me hosting tournaments all the time is because I, I know exactly what you're saying and I hear it a hundred percent. And I'm such a freak about quality and customer service that for me, I'm terrified of putting together a bad crew of refs because that's on me. You know, if the refing's terrible, refing's bad at MSXL, uh, you know, they complain to Aaron Bennington, like he's yeah. out there, you know, <laughs> and it's like yeah. sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's not perfect, you know, and, but at the end of the day, he doesn't make the bad calls, you know? Yeah. Um, Aaron's, he's a great ref, but you know, again, there's the field isn't 10 Aaron Bennington's it's, you know, it's a guy who might be tired or might be pissed off because his girlfriend dumped him or, you know, you never yeah. know those guys. You're right. So, um, but anyways, you know, hoping for some good weather and we're going to host a great MSXL this July, um, which will, I guess, be the second event, maybe even the first event of the year. Wouldn't that be yeah. crazy? Right. Um, then September, I uh, don't have an official date yet. We're, we're waiting 
to see what happens with one other thing, but um, for sure, a weekend in September will be our big game. Last year, it was amazing. It was 300, uh, over 300 players, biggest one we've ever had. Um, so hoping to get it to 400 this year. We'll see what happens. But um, the big game was a blast last year. Uh, we brought in Wolf, uh, Trucker Billy, and Aztec from Canada. I mean, it was, it was really fun. So definitely look out for a big game. Um, also, I'm telling you, this new hyperball field that I'm building is going to be so badass. Uh, I did, I, I almost hosted a mechanical event last year, but something came up. Dude, that old hyperball field was dope. I, know, I would was... come there, I remember, I only like got Thursday or something, because when I worked for Tesla, I had weird ass days off. And I would come, and it would just be me at the park, and I would just go drill on that hyperball field. And I'm like, man, I would love to play this. It looks, it looks so fun. Yeah. Well, and, and even since then, I, you know, I added the car wash. I, I got more pipe and I did a car oh, wash nice. Hell um, yeah. with, with the flaps and everything. And now, um, yeah, so now I have, so I'm going to make a round three and this one's going to be pretty permanent. I'm going to redo the nets to make it a little bit more spectator friendly because I absolutely want to host a mechanical event on that hyperball field, uh, potentially, be adding a mounds field as well this year nice um so yeah i mean always you know so look out for that um expect a mechanical event this year i'd love to do some beginner tournaments with you guys hosting as well justin so get ready for that you don't get yeah. out of it just because you're in boston you got to come dude, out now let me run a clinic dude i'll put on a clinic <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, I, I don't have much to plug because I don't know what the hell's going on this year yet, but yeah, those are the hypotheticals. Thanks for giving me that. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, uh, thank you also, guys Justin, for listening. Before, oh, hold yeah, on. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, good job with the podcast. I, you know, the, Thanks, the rookies is coming up. Um, uh, Justin and I were talking before we're going to, we're working on a theme song for him. I told him that he needed it. Um, I'm also thinking you should probably shave your head some more Joe Rogan vibes. Oh yeah. But, you know, in the meantime, you know, I think you're doing a good job. Thanks, man. There's no, there's no video yet. So maybe I can get that going and get this on YouTube. But for now, we're just on all, we're on Spotify, Apple podcast, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you and everything you've done for our team. Um, and obviously I usually plug all the sponsors in the front of the podcast, but you know, die Falcon Ninja, new balance. Um, thank you to everyone helping us do this. Uh, thank you, Dave, for your time. And we'll catch you guys later. See ya.